Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I gotta tell you, it just absolutely breaks my heart every time I have to interrupt that song because that song is so telling, so very telling. And people, if you plan to survive what's coming up in the future, you are not going to survive it hanging on to the coattails of someone who preaches to you about your constitutional rights or tells you that you can do this, you can file this paper, you can file that paper, you can make this government do stuff. If you believe that, you are doomed. Governments do what governments have done throughout history. And if you don't know history, and I've had people tell me, well, why would I need to know history? That's just old stuff. I don't need to know that. I would refer you to the words of Marcus Tullius Cicero and a people who are ignorant of their own history will be forever children. Or maybe George Santayana, who said the people who learn fail to learn the lessons of history, the mistakes of history will continue to make them. He said it much more eloquent than that. But the one thing I wanted to do, though, was to tell you that way back 230-some years ago, there was some people who saw this. Now, they didn't get together. They didn't form a convention and try to tell other people what to do because they believed in freedom. That is an axiom which most people can't understand. We have been taught that when we get a bunch of aristocrats, a bunch of rich people together who decide they want to govern everyone else so they can take their money when they want it, so they can do whatever the hell they want to do, we think that's a good thing. Oh, it was inspired by God. Yes, of course it was. But anyway, just to give you an example, I'm going to read to you from Samuel Bryan, and again, I'm not really a big reader, but uh, uh, Samuel Bryan and his Sentinel, as he wrote, as the Anti-Federalist Sentinel. I want you to read this. Uh, Listen to this. I'm sorry. I'll read it. The new Constitution, instead of being the panacea or the cure of every grievance so delusively represented by its advocates, will be found upon examination like Pandora's box, replete with every evil. The most specious clauses of this system of ambition and iniquity contain latent mischief 
and premeditated villainy by Section 9 of the first article. No ex post facto laws shall be passed. This sounds very well upon superficial consideration, and I dare say has been read by most people with approbation. Government undoubtedly ought to avoid retrospective laws as far as it may be, as they are generally injurious and fraudulent. Yet there are occasions when such laws are not only just, but highly requisite. An ex post facto law is a law made after the fact so that the Congress under the new Constitution are precluded from all control over transactions, financial transactions, prior to its establishment. This prohibition would screen the numerous public defaulters as no measure could be constitutionally taken to compel them to render an account and restore the public money. The unaccustomed or unaccounted millions lying in their hands would then become their private property. Hitherto, these characters from their great weight and numbers have had the influence to prevent an investigation of their accounts because they controlled the Confederated Congress. But if this Constitution will be established, they may set the public at defiance as they would be completely exonerated of all demands of the United States against them. Now, this is not a constrained or a strained construction of this section, but the proper evident of the words, which not even the ingenuity or the sophistry of the Caledonian can disguise from the meanest capacity. And the Caledonian was Jim Wilson or James Wilson, folks. However, if this matter admitted of any doubt, it would be removed by the following consideration. For example, that the new Constitution is founded upon a dissolution of the present Articles of Confederation and is an original compact between those states, or rather those individuals, who accede to it. Consequently, all contracts, debts, and engagements in favor or against the United States under the old government are canceled unless they are provided for in the new Constitution. The framers of this Constitution appear to have been aware of all of these consequences by stipulating in the sixth article that all debts contracted and engagements entered into before the adoption of this Constitution shall be valid against the United States under the new Constitution, but there is absolutely no provision that the debts due to the United States will ever be valid or recoverable. This is a striking omission, and it had to be from previous design, as debts of the latter description would naturally occur and claim equal attention with the former. This article implied cancels all debts due to the United States prior to the establishment of the new Constitution. If equal provision had been made for the debts due to the United States as those against the United States, the ex post facto clause would not have so pernicious an operation. The Immaculate Convention that is said to have possessed the fullness of patriotism, wisdom, and virtue contained a large number of the principal public defaulters of these loans. And these were the most influential members and chiefly instrumental in the framing of the new Constitution. There are several of this description in the deputation from the state of Pennsylvania who have long-standing and immense accounts to settle and millions to refund to the federal government. The late financier, which was Robert Morris alone, in the capacity of chairman of the Commercial Committee of Congress early in the late war, was entrusted with millions of public money which to this day remain totally unaccounted for, nor has he settled his accounts as financier. The others may also find it a convenient method to balance accounts with the public. They are sufficiently known and therefore need not be designated. This will account for the zealous attachment of such characters to the new Constitution 
and their dread of investigation and discussion. Discussion. It may be said that the new Congress would rather break through the Constitution than suffer the public to be defrauded of so much treasure when the burdens and the distresses of the people are so very great. But this is not to be expected at all from the characters of which that Congress would in all probability be composed. People, it's about money. It's always been about money. What we are about to endure in this country is about money. And we have a pattern that was established 235 years ago. We see the same pattern as they just absolutely bled the black population to death. Took all of their money. No one went to jail for it. No one was even charged with it. We can't even find a listing of who these people were. The trustees, the name of the trustees was not listed. Imagine that. The name of the trustees of the Bank of North America were not listed. They do it in deceit. People stop and think about something. On September the 10th, 2001, Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld goes on national TV and says, Folks, we've got a serious problem here. Trillions of dollars are missing from the Department of Defense. Trillions of dollars. We don't know where it went. People, how does anyone lose a trillion dollars? You don't lose it. It's stolen. So then what conveniently happens the next day? Oh, well, a cruise missile flies into the accounting department of the Pentagon. Of course, now, you weren't told it was a cruise missile. You were told it was an aircraft, a 757, piloted by Mr. Honey Honjour, who could not land a Cessna aircraft. But he could fly a 757 and make a loop, which my good buddy, a commercial airline pilot, Daryl Wayne, or DW, has said with thousands of hours of experience, there's no way anyone could have made that turn. Not even an accomplished pilot could not have made that turn because of the G-forces on that plane would have caused it to come apart. And number two, on the approach to the Pentagon, the the tail end would have flipped over forward. This is from a man with thousands of hours of experience. This is not some jumbo uh, guy on Fox News. This is someone who actually went to a simulator and tried to duplicate the acts that these alleged hijackers were able to do with no experience to speak of, especially not in commercial airliners. But you know what? Oh, well, the majority of Americans just believed them. Why did you believe them? Because the government told me. Do a people who are as ignorant as we are collectively, do we even deserve freedom? Would I be stepping over the line if I said, whatever's coming here, people, you deserve every bit of it? If I made the statements, you people who were dumb enough to take a vaccination because the government told you it was good, the people who took it because Donald Trump did warp speed, and he still says it's the greatest thing, one of his greatest accomplishments was the death of people in large, very large numbers in this country. And the people, the majority of the people in this country are still just going, oh, wow, isn't this wonderful? Maybe in 2024 we can get him back again. What is the average intelligence level of most Americans? Well, in their defense, I'm going to tell you, they have been submitted to some of the greatest psychological operations, PSYOPs, in the history of man. 
I mean, they have fallen. They have fallen for some stuff. I mean, I can just imagine Joseph Goebbels and disinformation and what have you just being so exalted about what these people have been able to get by with. The things they can tell you. They can show you a building falling directly into its own footprint. World Trade Center building number seven. They don't even mention it in the uh, 9-11 commission reports. They don't even mention the building that just went poof, blap, blap, boom, bam, I'm done, fell in a hole. Nobody mentions it. But Americans believe that could happen regardless of how many engineers, regardless of how many very intelligent people tell them there is no way that happened the way it did. They still believe it. Oh, yeah, okay, well, yeah, well, all, all right, let's move on ahead. Yeah, oh, oh, Patriot Act, give me some Patriot Act. We need that Patriot Act because some of those crazy people might come back and do that again. So take away all of my rights under the Patriot Act. People, I would actually enjoin you and recommend that you go back and read that Patriot Act again, especially the financial aspects. As I said before, these people lay their plans decades in advance, many decades in advance. And they do it all intentionally. It's all a part of the master plan. I mean, you know, we've got, you know, again, I, I've talked about it on, on many of the programs. We've got a Bill of Rights. We've got the Second Amendment, which is the only one that says, you know, shall not be infringed. And it's the most infringed of all. But you still trust government. When the people of a state like Missouri tried to pass a Second Amendment Preservation Act, the federal government overrules them. No, you people can't have those freedoms. Wow. Gosh, guys, you can't have those freedoms. That's incredible. We call ourselves a free people. We sing a star-spangled banana that says, you know, just how free we are. You know, but before... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop back. I'm going to drop back a second. And I'm going to read for you again these words from this latest essay that I found. And I'm only going to read the first paragraph. And I believe I can foresee your objections to it, especially if you are a dyed-in-the-wool statist or a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat or a Republican. But anyway, friends countrymen and fellow citizens you have fought you have bled and you have conquered you have established your independence and you ought to be free but behold a set of aristocrats demagogues conspirators and tyrants have arisen up and say that you will be governed. Now, folks, stop and think about this. Is this not exactly who governs us today, a set of aristocrats, demagogues, conspirators, and tyrants? Has it changed? Are the people today, the Joe Bidens, the Kamala Harris's, the uh, cross-dressing weird secretary of uh, whatever, have any of these people people are they different from the people who wrote and wrote the constitution of 1787 philosophically are they any different no and then he says is this to be endured by free men men who have lain in the open hour air exposed to cold and hunger 
men who have worn out their health and their constitutions, and, and that means health constitutions, not written constitutions, in marches and countermarches from one end of the continent to the other, and after they have attained that noble prize of rightful liberty for which they contended, are they to sit down tamely and be governed? Of what service is a man's liberty to him unless he can do as he pleases? Now, I know that's going to be the tough one for you people. I know that. That's going to be the tough one because you're always thinking because you have been indoctrinated. You have been pre-programmed to not trust anyone who wants to be free. They might be nefarious. They could be anarchists. Just think, they could be the people who love chaos. Well, people, if you don't think government is chaos, I don't know what the hell you would call what we're living through today. I don't know how you could call it anything but chaos. But you can't be anarchists because they might be chaos. They might be, you know, they might advocate chaos. No group of anarchists in recorded history have ever done the damage that the people who run government have done. Did the people of, did the anarchists in Reconstruction steal the money of African Americans? Did Anarchists cover up the lies of World War II? Did anarchists create the lies of Korean War, of the Vietnam War, of our POWs and MIAs who've been left behind to suffer a fate worse than death at the hands of this government? Were those anarchists running the government or were they politicians running the government was it anarchist who flew a or had a cruise missile hit the Pentagon to cover up the theft of trillions of dollars was it anarchist who ordered everyone to take a vaccine for a pandemic that didn't exist. I I don't know, folks. I can't understand. I'm I'm really lost. I mean, what does it take? And I've made the comment that the majority of American people are what I call Bubus Americanus, the species Bubus Americanus. And my question is, can they be awakened? I don't think so. I don't think you can wake them up. I see so much happening, and Bubis doesn't care. Bubis is fine. And the one that bothers me more than anything else is the southern Bubis. The southern Bubis who had ancestors, who left their homes and left their families and went away to fight a war because they were being invaded by the Yankee Union Army. Is there any of that spirit left in America? I had a guy tell me the other day on social media that uh, the people who claim to be Confederates and claim to support their ancestors and everything else are only preaching into an echo chamber which they created for themselves was he right you know you go on these social media sites that have to do with the confederate cause and of course they have the confederate battle flag and they have monuments you know we we've got to fight against these these people destroying our monuments and everything else and they they talk about all of these things, but how often do they address the very cause that led their ancestors 
to walk away from family, to walk away from crops, to walk away from, you know, the most important things in their life to defend freedom and to defend liberty. So, uh, yeah, well, the producer just told me uh, that, uh, you know, if uh, we want some phone calls in here, uh, we would be happy to have them. And he told me to uh, mention the phone number. Uh, but being the doofus that I am, I don't have the phone number <laughs> readily available, so uh, hopefully he will type it up for me. So if any of you folks would like to call in, we certainly would like to have you do so. Uh, maybe the subject is just a little too strenuous for you. I'm not sure. But anyway, the call-in number is 512-248-8252. And thank you, Mr. Producer. He is Johnny on the spot. These guys are fantastic. They do such a great job. And, uh, you know, and so much of it is unappreciated. And so many times I don't think we host take the time that we should to tell the, to give the, you know, to give the commendations to these people. These people are working hard. Also, we have an 800 number, folks, if you'd be interested, 800 313 9443. So if you would like to call in, please do so. I understand that there probably are not, we're probably not going to have the uh, audience that we normally have. This is a uh, holiday weekend, and I anticipated that, and I understand that. And uh, as I was doing my program, looking out my window, uh, folks, I actually watched a parade of people celebrating the July the 4th weekend. Of course, they were all rolling by in their uh, golf carts and uh, four-wheelers, and they were all riding by with uh, their American flags. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, if uh, you gave the entire group a history test about their own history, uh, they would be... uh, very, very deficient, but they are happy and happy as pigs in the mud, and they are going home after this parade to grill some steaks and some hamburgers and to play some games, and who knows, there might be a baseball game on TV that they can watch. But yes, folks, I did not anticipate today us having a lot of phone calls. Uh, and for that very reason but i'm just hoping that uh, i know that the archives are there i know rbn does a great job with that and i'm hoping that someone will have the opportunity and someone will have the desire to go back and to check our archives so we shall do the very best that we can with this and uh, wow uh, i just found out from the producer that we have a caller Joe from Indiana. Joe, how are you? I'm doing fine, Mike, and it's a real pleasure to speak with you. I discovered you about a month or so ago, and you've helped greatly in um, enhancing my education on the history of the South, Uh, something my brother and I have been independently looking at, and I just wanted to share a couple of things with you that, uh, because of the topic you were on today, uh, earlier today on a station called First TV was a, a gentleman that was talking about the Founding Fathers, and uh, he was talking about what's happening today. And it's kind of interesting because it seems that as a society becomes more wealthy or there's less concern about hunger or survival or whatever, you just get too comfortable. People tend to just put aside the things that they originally were founded on, you know, the things that they should be desiring, like liberty, how it was in the blood of our forefathers to be, um, you know, liberty was just a big, big issue. And, uh, and it even goes back to the Roman times. I remember when I was in high school, I read about Julius Caesar, and the way, one of the ways he was able to subdue Gaul was to introduce a lot of comforts into their lives, and we're talking 2,000 years ago. And, but what, what made people leave their farms... And, you know, just to give you a little aside, my, my interest in the South stems from my dad back when I was a kid. Um, he, had had, he had done some research, and he found out there were um, Italian... Hey, hang on there, uh, Joe. We'll be back on the flip side of the music, okay, buddy? 
Okay, we'll do. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Don't become dependent on the medical system. Get and stay healthy naturally with Extendivite. Metals in the liver cause peroxides to get dumped into the bloodstream. Peroxides do more damage than free radicals to the arteries, and the LDL has no protection from peroxides, causing the LDL to get stuck in the arteries, creating a potential blockage. Extendivite slowly chelates the metals away from the liver so it can dispose of what was meant to be a harmless process, peroxide. Extendivite 7 Herbs has a job to strengthen the organs and circulatory highway. Can you afford a heart attack? Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to T-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. Rebel, and uh, uh, since we have uh, some callers uh, standing by, I'm going to cut that a little short, and let's get back to Joe. Joe was bringing up some interesting stuff. Joe, you want to continue, please? Yeah, the question really is, what what makes people want to fight for freedom? It it had to have been in their blood. And I brought up the Italian question because my dad was doing research. We found out out of curiosity through his travels that there were Italians, Italian-named Civil, uh, Confederate Civil War soldiers, and he was curious about those people. There were also a group, and I'm sure you know about them, they were called the Zouaves. And, and the Zouaves, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Pardon me? Yes, uh, some people pronounce it the Zouave. Pro- pardon me for interrupting, but yes, oh, go ahead. Okay, I wasn't sure. I I had a friend that did some research on him, and he, was, he found that, because people like to think, or they tend to, are, are told that they mostly, that well, they fought for the North, but that's not true. There, there were ones that fought with the South. Oh, and, very um, much so, especially out of New Orleans. 
there were some uh, large groups that were recruited, especially in the artillery field. There were some large groups uh, that were recruited out of New Orleans. But uh, uh, pardon me for stepping on you there, Joe. Oh, go no, ahead. I, I was uh, the thing I wanted to bring up because even in my own you know um, relations where I come from, you know what made those people like if I look at even Italy. You know, what made those Italians, uh, southern Italians, um, leave their farms, their comforts of their farms or their life or whatever, to choose to go to fight? And even the ones that chose to fight for the South, which we, you know, came from some of our region that we're from. <laughs> I, I, my dad did all this original research, and it was just kind of amazing, you know, that, and you, you look at the, the times, you know, the 1800s, what they had to do, so... And at the time, Italy was going through a unification period and fighting for freedom. And there were, you know, Garibaldi tended to be kind of a leftist. He was a socialist, I believe. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, one uh, of the things early early on, uh, Joe, uh, pardon me, please. Early on, you mentioned uh, the comfort level and that yes. people went when they're comfortable. But uh, you uh, immediately brought my mind to two quotes. And one of the quotes was from Joseph Stalin. And Joseph Stalin said, as long as I keep my people at a level of comfort, I can do anything I want without retribution. Uh, And then we can switch to Mao Zedong. And Mao Zedong, uh, he said that as long as his people had three bowls of rice a day, they would never revolt. Yeah. yeah and it's my, it's, it's my belief, as long as Americans have the lobotomy box and a cell phone, they will never revolt. Yeah, that, and that's a concern, because look at the people that came, you know, to uh, you, the gentleman today that was talking on that station about uh, what, what, went, what people went through in uh, the war for independence. And what they, the sacrifices that they made, and exactly, and even in the Civil War, I mean, you talk, we talk about the Southern boys that left their farms. They, well, they were invaded, and they knew it. And and when you think about communication, what it was back then, it wasn't what it is today. But they all knew about it because oh, you know, yes. my my dad went deliberately to small towns in the South, and I mean, we would walk into these diners, and, and boy, you people knew we, you know, they knew right away we were. We weren't locals or whatever, but within minutes, my dad was blessed with this personality to make instant friends, and he was always open to learning about the history and things like that. We got a we got an earful, and I learned a lot, which really prepared me for you know, my later years in high school and college. You know, which I didn't buy all the stuff that I was being taught, um, but it was quite extra. But I wanted to bring that up, you know, to get you know to, to you about the well, Joe, level. And you, Joe, thank you so much. Uh, you you were such well, a uh, you're such a, uh, you know, that gives us an insight, and that's what I love about the callers to RBN. That's a great insight. I hope you won't mind if I move along. We've got some other callers oh, waiting. But uh, yeah, please, Joe, uh, call again and, uh, you know, stay up with us here. And if you get a chance, make sure you listen next week because my broadcast this time next week will be coming from the Dixie Republic in uh uh, Travelers Rest, South Carolina, and they will be uh, more. Uh, they will be more of uh, those good old Southern boys than you can imagine. I promise you. I will. I will put it on my calendar. I promise. I will listen. Thank you so much, uh, Mike. Thanks, Joe. And now let's jump to Laura in Michigan. Laura, how are you, young lady? Just gonna let you know. Uh, a few years ago, you know, you know the Republican Republican Day dinner uh, they always hold a Lincoln Day dinner. Yes. This last few years, they've been touting Frederick Douglass. They go over the over the party of Frederick Douglass and Lincoln. I don't know. Well, they're still I, doing it, but I, I, I don't think uh, to the Republican Party. Well, I don't think that Frederick Douglass was real happy with the uh, uh, wonderful radical Republicans who stole all of the money from the Freedmen's Bank. Uh, I don't that, but uh, very possibly, I would tell you that the uh, Republicans you're talking about uh, wouldn't know, uh, wouldn't have a clue about what happened with the Freedmen's Bank. They probably no, they never even heard. And they were just trying to lure some blacks into the dinner. Oh, I'm sure. 
I'm yeah, sure. And, that's what it was. Yep, lure people in so they could use them. Yeah, right, well, exactly. Uh, again, changes. Laura. Okay, now, thank you. you. Bye. Thank you so much. And now we'll jump to Lynn in Maryland. Lynn, how are you? Hey, Mike. Thank you very much. Sure. Oh, didn't some gold disappear on 9-11 as well? Well, I think when that there, there a gold was... shipment that, the, you know, the Brinks trunk just, I don't know, blew up? Well, I understand that there were quite there was quite a bit of gold that was actually being stored in World Trade Center building number 7. I can't substantiate that, but I got it from some pretty good sources, and the thing we do know is that they immediately sent trucks in and scooped up and uh, uh, and equipment, heavy equipment, and scooped up all of the remains. And why did we send the remains to China? China You know, any other crime scene, you know, you'd have evidence. Yes. No, no, we're not going to look at anything because we can see it, you know, except that we don't see Building 7, do we? Nope. Nope, that is for sure. Anybody can, though I don't want to promote the Internet because here I go. You know, (laughs) they hide stuff in plain sight, but we've been dumbed down for so long. Now, I have an advantage I actually didn't pay attention in history class. For you. Uh, history and science, I don't have a degree. And I thank God for that because I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. You know, uh, there's evolution going on all right. They're going to evolve us right into transhumanism and cyborgs. And, and nobody working. even gets it. Absolutely. So very, very well said, Lynn. And thank you, lady. You are a regular listener and it's just when you folks uh, uh, call in it just makes my day and I appreciate you so much thank you Lynn thank you very much Mike and think about ARPANET you know and they had the internet in 1960s but it was classified and then once the Soviet Union went put you know like Putin um, you know so now we declassified it gave away everything for free and we had the internet you know they claim things are going to take decades decades for like the converging technologies crap and and brain computer interface oh no not a decade not even one don't Wait a minute, man. they don't have the technology to just mess with your head and and you know you're we're being deceived and people don't even know it because they can't stop looking at their devices but wait a minute, Lynn. I am absolutely sure that I heard Al Gore say that he invented the internet. No, it was Tim Burns Lee, and he had three pieces <laughs> of advice: do not use the internet, do not use the internet, do not ever use the internet. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I have seen it morph. It is getting really bad. It is getting worse and worse. But it's uh, Lynn, it's, thank it's, you. It's, so- you got to give people credit when you're evil and good at what you do. You get away oh, with yes. it. Oh yes. They're very good. And, Lynn, thank you so thank much you, for being you. such I'm a sure faithful listener. Thank you. I'm sure you have great listener. callers, so I want to get off and listen. And, let, and I hope you have a very, very nice and safe weekend. And, and I can't you, wait till next one. I hope you have a wonderful time next weekend. And to you as well. And we'll be screaming from the rooftops in uh, Traveler's Rest, I promise you. And thank good. you, Lynn. I, I'll, I'll be waiting. Thank you. All right. Now let's uh, jump over to another one of our regular uh, callers and a listener, James in Vancouver. James, sir, how are you? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, I'll uh, abstain from wishing you a uh, happy 4th of July unless you wish me to do so. Um, the, uh, I'm going to say uh, Minoru Yamasaki, born 1912, <laughs> died 1986, is the, was the architect for the World Trade Centers, and uh, unfortunately, he was not alive to see them come down. So, but it's interesting. There's a couple presenters on RBN, even to this day, that will go with the official narrative. Uh, one guy says that yes. well, the engineers uh, didn't account for making the steel uh, strong enough to withstand the heat, and the other one says that definitely that was an airplane that hit the Pentagon. Back to you. Well, James, uh, here's the thing. You know, I don't get upset that they're saying that 
you know, I think they yeah. they uh, they fully, uh, but that's free speech, and that's what RBN offers is free speech. Right, right. And if I have the right to say what I say, they have a right to say what they believe. I would just like right. to see them back it up with a little bit of evidence. That would mean the world to me. And James, uh, when you uh, mentioned about the uh, about the Fourth of July, one of the things I'll never forget when I was growing up in the mountains of. Uh, Appalachian, the Appalachian Mountains. I, yeah. I had I had several close friends who were uh, Cherokee, and uh, we we yeah. played a lot of we played a lot of ball together. But I'll never forget a July the fourth, uh, and I was with a very close friend of mine. His name was Walter Rattler, and Walter uh, eventually became one of the one of the leading guys in the Cherokee tribe. Of course, it was years after I knew him. But uh, I'll never forget his response. We had a local media uh, newspaper person, I believe, from the Asheville Citizen Times, I believe it was. And he saw several of us standing together. And obviously, uh, you know, there's this uh, uh, blatant white guy uh, standing with some Cherokees. And so he was asked, he asked me about, you know, the 4th of July. And I went, you know, well, so what? And uh uh, and then he asked Walter, Walter he asked uh, Walter Rattler, said, well, how do you feel about the 4th of July? And he said, he started laughing, and he said, do you hear yourself? Do you have any idea <laughs> you're asking an Indian what they think about Christopher Columbus? And then he said something, he said, <laughs> he told the guy, he said, well, you do know that George Custer died for your sins. Right, <laughs> but uh, James, uh, thank you, buddy. I appreciate Alrighty. it. Uh, I'll talk to you thanks, again. Thanks for Have being a, a faithful listener, anyway. buddy. And now I, I think know. we're gonna. Hey, thanks again, James. I think we're gonna jump to Colorado, and I think we're gonna jump to that world famous sheep herder from somewhere in La Plata County. Uh, is this Steve? Yeah, but it's Archuleta County, not. La Plata County. Oh, well, I forgot. You're from uh, Taco County. That's right. <laughs> I have a question for you, Mike. All right. What's new? I just, I just heard what you what you said with your Cherokee friend and, and the stupid reporter that interviewed him. But I don't know if I'm right or wrong on this. I'd like your input. I still believe in celebrating the 4th of July. It was, it was our freedom, even though we didn't hang on to it very long. 13 years. Yeah. But it's, it's, it, it, was, it was still because of the people that rose up, that just the common everyday barkeeper and farmer and rancher and that rose up to win that freedom no you mean just uh, almost uh, one of the things Stephen and I'm going to have to do a program on this at some point in time and you know you just made me think of it and I thank you for doing that but I stop and think about some of the major figures in for the confederacy who fought against Abraham Lincoln's Marxist army. And one of the things, and I, I, I'm pretty sure most people don't know this, is that the number of leaders of the Confederacy whose fathers and grandfathers had fought in the Revolutionary War. And they saw their contributions to the South as being exactly the same thing because some of them even said in their letters, we are fighting again the battle of our grandfathers, of our ancestors. We're fighting their battles again. This is what the people of the Confederacy said. We're fighting against an oppressive government. Your thoughts on that? Well, that, that's, that's basically what I'm, what I'm saying. Is, is, is yeah. that it's, it's a celebration of the, of the people... And, and that actually fought for the for our freedom. Like I said, well, we didn't hang on to it long, but we need we need to acknowledge that 
people that put their lives on the line to, to try and give us freedom. Well, but here's the thing, and I totally agree with you, Steve. I do. I totally agree with you, but how, why is it that most Americans cannot draw the analogy between the people who established our freedom from the British with the people who fought the war against a much more oppressive government in 1861 to 65? Oh, I totally agree with that. Well, I tell you what, buddy. It was the same thing, and like you said, it was their grandfathers and their fathers that, that fought in the Revolutionary War, and they were doing it all over again. Yeah, well, have you ever heard of uh, Light Horse Harry Lee? Uh, vaguely. Okay, Light Horse Harry Lee was a champion. I mean, he was uh, very much involved in the uh, in the war against the British. And who was his son? I don't know. Robert E. Lee. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but anyway, buddy, I want you to take care of those sheep out there. You kept me up too late last night with that class. No, I'm just kidding. I, I enjoy that class. I enjoy talking with those people. And I appreciate you providing me with the opportunity to do that. Just to let you know, Mike, we had three new people come on the call last night. Well, great. Great. Uh, so you know, getting out and... And they stayed with us for the whole time. Oh, that's fantastic. Great news, Steve. Well, Steve, I want you there in Taco County. Uh, see if you can get that Greg Guile character. And uh, you guys celebrate Liberty next Tuesday and pretend like I'm with you, okay? I sure will, Mike. And, and, and I'll be looking forward to hearing, hearing you from... The Dixies next Saturday. Well, I hope you enjoy listening to me as much as I do running my mouth when I get there. <laughs> I always enjoy your Well, your Steve, have a great one, buddy. I really appreciate you more than you will know, and I appreciate your efforts. And uh, uh, have a, a very good Independence Day. Because you know what it's about. Most people don't. Steve, you do. And so spread the word. And uh, I thank you. Thank you for calling in. And thank you for everything you do for Rightful Liberty. And now I'm going to jump to the melodious, pulchritudious tones of Myrrh from Wisconsin. Oh, hi, Michael. <laughs> hey, girl. How you doing? All right. You know, I was thinking how, oh, just 23 hours from your yesterday show on RBN to this one, and forgot entirely about the Friday night show as well, the phone call there. You're on for, you're on a couple hours for that, right? Or is it longer? Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we've we done two hours, two hours and a half. Sometimes it's after midnight before I get to bed here. But, uh, you know, uh, the majority of those folks are out west, so it uh, fits into their time frame, and I don't mind. Yeah. And I know I know why you're where you are, and it's uh, the best of everything for doing it. Uh, but I bet you kind of miss that Colorado air yourself, don't you? Oh, I miss it, and I miss the people like Steve. I miss mm -hmm. him, my old buddy Greg Guile. Uh, you know, there's uh, my good buddy uh, back in Cortez. Uh, you know, Keenan Urtel and his family. And man, I really miss those folks. There's some. You know, I've told people. There's some wonderful, wonderful people in this country. It's just too damn bad that we have such a satanic government. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, governments tend to be that way, don't they? All of them. I, uh, didn't the devil promise Jesus he'd give them, give them all he saw, all the governments, all the cities? <laughs> Absolutely. And so if he couldn't, if he, if he was able to give them to him, he had to own them, right? Right. Right, he's the prince of the power of the air. But you get out in the country, and you know you're in God's country. Oh, that's for sure. And I tell you what, uh, there's some. I I can hardly wait to get up to Dixie Republic, uh, Mur. I hope that uh, someday that you'll be able to make that trip because I tell you what, you'd feel about as at home as anybody. Uh, 
it's just a different atmosphere. Paul and Lynn and Hunter and Johnny Reb and some of the people there, they are just top notch. They when you think about America, you think about the freedom. You know, you think about the Christian nation. You cannot find it any better than you will find it with that group of folks in Traveler's Rest. Oh, I go there in spirit, believe me. I, I can go there right now. <laughs> All right, well, uh, be prepared for us to yell at you from there next week, okay, oh, girl? good. That sounds good. Well, you know, too, uh, you know, when you were talking about the Freedmen's Bank and uh, and, and, me- and mentioning, of course, Frederick, Frederick uh, Douglass and uh, Dubois, and I wondered how many people actually realize you're talking about black people you know maybe douglas they do but maybe they don't about the you know currently yeah, they, you know, who's that a french guy you know <laughs> yeah wb dubois yeah uh, how many people know that he was the first after 30 years of existence wb dubois was the first person of color to have a position in the naacp mm-hmm. yep yep and then you have garvey right yeah, uh, which if people don't know was black also, and uh, knew exactly what was going on. So you don't hear much about him. No, we can't talk about those people who have a brain, Murr. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then to touch on what James was saying about uh, the architect for the uh, World Trade Center there, I wonder if he didn't get an inkling of why they were built the way they were. And it's funny because, and I think it was the stomach cancer he had when he passed, but... Um, Dr. Judy Wood, in her book, I think it's around page 212, maybe, maybe 221. (laughs) But anyway, she had mentioned something that I kept thinking about. Were those towers designed to hold in microwave energy? Nope. Hmm. One might think so, huh? (laughs) Possibility, that's for sure. And, Murr, it's just, you know, I'm thankful that we have this opportunity to Tell the people about the Dixie Republic next week and yeah. to tell them about the wonderful things that these people do, uh, you know, and it's just a different atmosphere. And uh, did you know that our good buddy Stephen Douglas Whitener has a new nickname? Uh-uh. Did you know that he is now, he and his beautiful wife, Wendy, did you know that they are making uh Boil peanuts? I, I heard they were. So what's the nickname? Goober? <laughs> no, uh, Steve Steve Whitener's new nickname is Stephen Hot Nuts Whitener. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Wendy knows about that. <laughs> yeah, well, as a matter of fact, I was chatting with her yesterday, and she was laughing about it as well. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Mer, thank you so much, lady. I know what a supporter you are of all of us who work so hard for this, and I sure appreciate you. Well, and I know I just, yeah, I appreciate all of y'all. You know. Well, we know we're about out of time here, and uh, so we shall. Uh, I appreciate RBN, appreciate the producer, the great work that they do. Yep. And uh, so, folks, we will talk to you next week directly from the Dixie Republic. Bye-bye. Good night. Everyone take care. Have a blessed and a safe July the 4th. And take care of your friends at RBN and their sponsors. God bless everyone. See
What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 